Hello and welcome to When Will It End, the musical two, where we all work at the same golf course and one of us is wants to win an award of the thing. That'd be so great. It's When Will It End, the podcast. I want to work at a golf course with you. That'd be really fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, this was a not a good movie. Allison was right. She <laughs> said before it was not a good movie. And, and I got to say, this was a bad movie. Were we aiming for a five-minute episode? I've never had one of those before. I think this could be a fiver, a tight fiver. This fiver-er. could be really quick. Yeah. Okay, so we're doing High School Musical 2. Uh, you may recall from our first episode, we were joined by special guest, my fiance, Allison Lerman Gluck. Allison? Hello. Thank you for having me back for this very wonderful movie. Review. Yes. Um, Allison, and I wouldn't consider this to be an episode of the HMS Verse without you. That's really kind of you, Charles. Thank you so very much. And I'm glad that you associate me with the High School Musical franchise. I'm sorry. Now. I realize now it, that it's my you said that. It's also my chief association with Allison. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's really, I mean, after this one, the first one, I was like, oh, my God. Allison's telling us all about it. She starred in it. I know nothing. Well, yeah. I was going to say attentive listeners will recall that Allison played Sharpay in a regional production of High School Musical that won her local accolades and made her much the icon in the greater uh, metropolitan area of Albany. But just to clarify, that production was High School Musical 1. Now, let me ask you this, Allison. Two. If they had brought you the script for two and said, Allie, we're, we're, you know, because this, this Pull came the out, plug. Pull the plug. This came out a year after the first movie. They really... The turnaround on this, which is wild, yes, they it, pumped it out. It makes and sense, it though. It feels that way, yeah, right. Because, like, I think you know, it's a smash hit, an unexpected smash hit, and this is what you get when you spend how much. So, you're in the play business. I don't know if it has any correlation to the movie business, but like, how long do you think it takes to actually shoot a movie or make a play or something like this? Like, how much of I'm just saying, how much time was spent on creating the script and the story and the themes and everything that's important in art and how much of it is just like like i feel like they had no time to actually create this movie that sounds accurate but also they were churning out disney channel movies like multiples every year (laughs) so it's not like that wild yeah the thing is that i think what we're, we're all hitting on is that in the first movie there's a lot of hallmarks of the lived american experience that make sense to us as viewers and are like things we can relate to and oh high school and you know the big end of your musical and the basketball game or whatever Mm. and in this movie we pivot to the talent show at a country club i'm so glad you brought this up inherently does not have the gravitas of anything in the first movie so we're left like watching kind of like the themes of the first movie get reiterated in a in a watery way just when we start to get excited about engaging with all these characters in their high school setting, they rip us rudely out of that setting and throw us into the desert. Exactly. It's like this is called high school musical. It's not called high school vacation musical, which would be a very bad title for something. And like we just, as we, I was thinking last episode, like the first movie doesn't even need to exist. It's sort of like the Shrek of the high school musicals. It sets us the characters. It sets the stage, this vibrant world of the high school. And then it ends with them leaving the high school. And unlike Shrek, where leaving what never, what was the, where, where does Shrek take place? Never ever after? The swamp. The swamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than staying in that fucking beautiful swamp, it creates other worlds that are interesting and allow the themes to grow because it's about like fatherhood and abandonment and growth and all these things. This is just like about the desert. I got. I don't know. Well, we do see the. We finally get inside the hovel that Troy lives in. That fucking <laughs> that shack by the sewers that right. his family lives in. Let's talk about how they decide to change the class backgrounds of all the characters to make it seem like they're all like working class, except for Sharpay's family. And like somehow now Troy needs a scholarship to get to basketball school, but everyone was like living in made in like mansions in the first. Well, it also, seemed like they were all at least upper middle class. Have you ever seen a wood fridge before? No, that's a very... Like, Where was there a wood fridge? Uh, so I took notes again. And much like last episode where my first one was how cool the hats were, I think my first note this time was equally incisive. It just says all caps, wood fridge, question mark. Troy has a wooden fridge. That's weird. And I don't know if that's like a Disney exec trying to show how shitty this person's house is that... 
wow, a poor person probably just has like a wooden refrigerator. I've never been inside a rich, a poor person's house, but I'm imagining everything's just made out of wood. Plywood. I will say that Troy's bedroom is larger than any apartment I lived in in New York City. For, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's massively large. Also, we made a, a little bit of a discovery, which is that it seems like Troy's bedroom in the second movie is Gabriella's bedroom in the first movie with the furniture oh, moved to the other side of the room. Classic. A classic room swap. Little tea there. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were watching uh, Schitt's Creek together, and they, there's this hysterical thing where they only can afford, I think, one exterior so the cafe is also David's shop with like a sign change. It's so funny. I love noticing shit like that where it's like, oh, it's not on purpose. Well, I mean, I just think it's out of necessity. But you end up getting this very funny, like, how small is this world we're living in, where like every room and building is essentially the same room and building. But okay, so this movie also like we really stick to a few sets in this. We spend a huge amount of time in like three areas basically, which I found very monotonous. We're in the kitchen a lot, which, of course, again, is a kitchen the size of a fucking basketball court. And then we're, like, on the golf course. And then, like... We're by the pool. We're by the pool a fair amount. Oh, uh, we're, so we were talking about this. Allison, you, of course, are someone who wears bathing suits. And you were a high schooler. You were noting how strange the Disney fashion was. Everyone was wearing tankinis with baggy bottoms. Yeah. Was that the But I think thing? that was for modesty's sake. Okay. Like, they just had to keep it modest and PG. But, but everyone ends up looking like it's like a dystopian science fiction movie, like from the 70s. It's not cute. Yeah. It's, it's, everyone looks quite odd. But the hats continue, which we're glad to see. Yeah. yeah. I say Ryan, again, continues <sighs> a very strong hat game. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to... I do want to say, I'm not going to... I was about to give something away, and I'm not going to do it, because I'm back committed josh i had a week off and i'm my commitment is back to making good podcasting wow i mean if this holds up through the episode i'll be thrilled we'll see i'm gonna do my best i was about to give away my mvp and i realized i'm not gonna do that so i'm gonna talk about something else okay i will note that i brought up ryan and you immediately then said i will not reveal my mvp we're just gonna edit that all out (laughs) moving on moving on okay right one person that so again, we abandoned the high school, which we've, we've already lamented. That is the place where the, that's the lifeblood of this movie is the cliques and the halls and the well, lockers. If, if if you'll permit me, just briefly, because mm. before we move away from this point, um, this reminded me so much of Star Trek, where the second they set up a nice, you know, foundation for a series, they like immediately find a way to start rejecting it in the second movie mm. and like going dark and going like I, I think. There's this this tendency in second movies that we see time and time again to, like, try to reinvent the wheel. Like, maybe not as dramatically as, like, a T2 or something, which, com- like, completely inverts a dynamic. But, like, I, it's very irritating when we get a taste of something that we like and then the sequel immediately removes us from that. Like, what works with Paddington 2, and I cannot wait until we can do the Paddington movies. Me too. Because, like, Paddington 2 is like, you liked Paddington? Great. We're going to give you even uh, an even better Paddington. And it's so sick. So to watch this, like so many other second movies that we've been really frustrated by, it like we see something that's like pleasant and inviting and sets up a lot of things that we can relate to and then rips us out of that. And it, and I'm reminded, Charles, that you said that this movie made 10 times the amount of money that the first movie made. I don't know the money, but it had the first one had some fucking dumb like seven, seven million views. And this one had almost 20 million views on when it was aired. So bonkers. And when you, when you said that last weekend, I was truly aghast for reasons that you now understand. Yeah. Namely the score. Oh my God. It's a very bad score. Before we get too far away, I want to, my, I, I was singing MVPs and one person I forgot to mention last week was the theater teacher. Mrs. Garbus. What was that? Mrs. Garbus. Okay, Mrs. Garbage. Yeah, she is <laughs> incredible. And I don't think we talked about her at all, really. And she is hilarious. Her interactions with dad were like funny, but also moved the plot to a great new place. And the opening scene is her. And I'm like, fuck, yes, we get to have her antics with Ryan. And the opening scene is bewilderingly like satir. I don't know. It's, it's, very it made me uncomfortable the giant clock like the choices it's were really weird yeah it was great it's really and weird I... they're all doing performance art or something well, okay so something that I, we talked about while watching it is that in the first movie 
the first song is this really like natural, beautiful moment where two people have this passion kindled in themselves unexpectedly and they strike up a relationship with each other and themselves through this act of singing in a way that's actually diegetic to the movie. Like they're singing in a singing thing at a concert, whatever. You said diegetic. Yeah, I was waiting to bust that show one. Up. Yeah, but you also off. said singing, and you pronounced like that first G really hard, and you said it like four times in a row. So that's that was really cool singing. too. I blame radio one hundred percent. I blame radio singing. That's, that's a, a byproduct of my job to overhit consonants. Yeah, because um, because it, it's so easy to go like singing, singing, singing. Yeah, sing. you know we don't say it singing, right? Most like we're in the north. Well, Allie's from Mississippi, and occasionally her accent will emerge. I mean, I was singing. I was talking about the first G too. Like, you don't have to hit Singin'. both so hard. Sing it. Okay, we, okay. We can Singin'. submit notes to just email the pod if that includes both of you with criticism of my voice, and we will get. I promise you, we'll dig into the mailbag and break them all. You know, down. it'll be uh, all encompassing. I'm certain it will, Charles. All I expect nothing less. No, okay. If we're done dunking on Josh and his <laughs> way of speech, and I swear to God, all it, encompassing. Oh my God, Josh. I'm sorry. I have to do it because you are uh, an award-winning journalist. This is your. This is how you make a living, and you're very good at it. And what is a little loving rib every now and again? You know, you're successful. You're powerful. Uh, you're you're perfect. So keep how, it going. I, this I, is good. Yeah. How do, how can I compete other than showing the tiny insignificant mistakes you make every now and again? Like well, th- this is just good for me because around the house, Allison just calls me old shit dick. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dog shit, shit dick, poop face. I come home from work and I'm like, I've made good news today, governor. And she goes, shut up, shit dick. Is that code? No, it's very literal. Yeah. that's what I'm... It's a long story, but... So you have shit on your dick. Anyhow, Okay, okay, so... let's move past it. Okay, so in this movie, unlike the first movie where the singing is like a natural thing that like it creates a human moment between two people and again is like the seed of the entire movie, this begins with this weird surreal... Like everyone just is immediately in a musical. So the tone of it from the get go. Summer, summer, summer. Right. That's what they do. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They chant summer in right. a terrifying so, way. I totally agree. Like the first movie grounds us in these are people having an experience together that's going to pay off later on. And in this one, from the instant it begins, we're in like a weird fantasy world where it's really unclear whose perspective we're following, what's going on. Like I I thought it was just like a a bad foot for it to start on. Like we know. okay, so I'm going to pitch something to you, Allison. You're a theater professional. And Charles, you're a fan of of movies. Um, Mm hmm. What if the what if the play started with oh my god it's summer like how are we going to keep our relationships it's magic that we've experienced together or maybe it starts just after the musical which of course we famously do not see like there's so many ways they could have started this on a human note and instead opt for this like insanely generic like it's almost vacation gonna go swimming which is like literally the lyrics to that song I I think that's this is this you're making the point why this movie failed is that it's focus in every way almost hit the mark and i think this the relationship falling apart between vanessa and zach where were they gabrielle troy and Gab- gabrielle troy and gabrielle i'm gonna cut out the and, first and that part. electric chemistry that they share <laughs> when yeah. they throw fruit at each other by a pool and i like that the whole so the plot is interesting it's like about a person that has new goals and while he thought he just wanted to love vanessa his whole life he now sees that there's a whole new world where he's good at basketball and he could be, he go to college for free. He could become a basketball star and he's not giving enough time to his friends, to his relationship. And that, I think that's actually a pretty compelling thing for high schoolers to go. They do go through that. And this movie brought that up and then fucking just fell apart trying to actually acknowledge these ideas. And it's also like the the goals of the characters keep shifting because at first Sharpay wants to get Troy a job and then it seems like Sharpay wants to get Troy to fall in love with her and then maybe she just wants him to be her singing partner but then she wants to steal him away from Vanessa. Like there's just a lot of different things going on all the time that make it very hard to – like feel any connection to the plot um but i did i i thought it was interesting that disney channel tried to do something that talked about class (laughs) 
I think yeah. we can talk about whether or not it was successful. And you can, listeners, you can probably guess whether I think it was based on the rest of our conversation. But it was a very, uh, it was, a, it was, a, they swung. Okay, so I want to just draw on this for a minute. So, Allison, you, famously, you, you, Sharpay is in that mental closet of yours. Sharpay is one of the outfits you've worn. What else That's is? That's right. We, we said she's buried pretty deep, but she's there. Charles, we do not have the time for the question you're about to ask. I want to know what else is in the closet. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So, okay. So, so Allison, you've inhabited the role of Sharpay. This movie gives her and her character a lot to do, which I think actually is one of the strengths of the movie because I quite like Sharpay. Uh, do you feel like this is an evolution or a continuation of the character that's honest to the Sharpay we all fell in love with in High School Musical 1. Well, part of what you were so excited about, Josh, was that at the end of High School Musical 1, Sharpay has a turnaround moment where she decides that she actually doesn't need to compete with Gabriella and she can be friends with her. Right. And that's sort of a nice closure moment that immediately in the second movie, they're like, actually, fuck that. They hate each other and let's keep this drama moving, which is pretty true to like the high school movie sort of like, you know, that's often one of the plot points in high school movies, like two girls feuding. Um, But yeah, we sort of saw some more of her humanity. And then in High School Musical 2, Sharpay is 0% human. Like she is just a maniac pretty much like trying to tear everyone down and she's power hungry and fame hungry and she's doing it all so she can win a trophy at a talent show at the country club that her parents own so like the stakes are literally invisible there are yeah. no stakes right and she just appears to be having like a, a, a deep psychological experience that seems very dark and it's 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 a little unpleasant she seems tortured but like she, she like opens the door to her shitty high school friends and suddenly like another part of her life is like ripped away from her by like the irritating quality of friendship. I liked the introduction of mummy and daddy, though. Yeah. So that's I what it, they're cool. I Ryan became I have one note here that says Ryan vibes like he's platonically dating everyone in his family. And I love that the dad is great. The mom is great. And Ryan is great. And it's like, why did Sharpay end up? such a villain when she's gotten so much love apparently because her dad is just like so inclusive and just celebratory and nice and just always has a nice thing to say i want to be in that family one of the weirdest things in the movie is that no one seems to notice charpe's behavior like literally no one reacts to it at any point except for ryan except for ryan right and it just seems like that that fulton that complete like destroyed uh bald cuck of a man who's just destroyed by charpe emotionally like, he seems to get most of the brunt of that. But her parents are like, oh, Sharpay, you're always up to some shenanigans. Yeah, and I think that's why this movie could have been perfect. This movie could have been better because it brought up uh, Ryan and Sharpay's relationship, which in the first movie wasn't really explored that deeply. And this is like, oh, Ryan is feels left out. He feels unloved. And then the Gabriella, I mean, I don't know if I would have gone there, but if they are, there's like an interesting idea where Gabriella really doesn't give a fuck. And I like the scene where she's just like, you know what, Troy, fuck this. This is not worth my time and I'm going to go now. And if they had found a way to conclude this that didn't just completely slap Band-Aids on everything and was like, oh, everyone's okay again. Like it just, the first one, it felt earned where everyone was like friends. And this one, it just felt like they needed to have a happy ending to a pretty dark movie. Yes, I agree with you. And also... I thought that Ryan's plot is so interesting. I wish that they had dug into it a lot more in this movie um, and less into Troy and Gabriella's plot, which is really saying something because we see almost nothing of Gabriella in this movie. Like she has a solo song and then basically all we see of her like a few scenes where she gets disappointed by Troy. Like she doesn't have any of her own plot going on at all. We don't know what she's up to during the day. Like we know she's by the pool or something. Whereas we see Troy, Sharpay, and Ryan every single day. And we see more of Chad as well. Mm. So it's quite strange. And part of me wonders whether... They didn't feel that Vanessa Hudgens was capable of having a larger chunk because she is a truly, and I don't mean to say this with offense, but she is a truly heinous actor and singer. Her, she, her vocals are bad. 
really bad in this. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, I'm not even a singer singer. And, like, there's a, it's just very nasal and one note and flat. And so I wanted uh, to it's ask. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, Allison, you were you thought Troy's voice was great last movie, and then you realized that it wasn't actually Troy. What do you? So you definitely he's, he's in a lower range. What did you think of the new Troy? I thought he sounded exactly the same as in the first movie, but with a lower voice. I thought he sounded awesome. Great. Was I wrong? He sounded the same, right? Like very similar. Yeah, I mean, I think it's this very. I don't know enough about the genre, but it sounded very similar. But you could definitely tell it was. He was he's very good at singing and I can see why he was cast. It's just very strange in the first movie that they were like, Oh, we already wrote this for someone with a higher voice, but we cast someone that doesn't have that voice, so let's just have a They could fake... easily have transposed the song. Exactly. It's something that people do very, very regularly. Um I've seen but, it. But yeah, I, I thought that they they must have tried to find a singer for the first movie who already sounded exactly like Zac Efron, because there was not a distinguishable difference in the voices. But we have turned an important corner here that I've been waiting for, baby, all episode, all dang long, because Charles Allison and I did a little extra crick. Oh, come on now. Are we you going sure to sing, sing me a ditty? son of a bitch. Uh, no, absolutely not. Oh. No, we were watching. What time is it? Summertime. <laughs> I was, it's our okay. vacation. I've been getting this all weekend. The morning after, I was like, man, I can't remember any of those songs. Then Allison proceeded to sing verbatim. Uh, bet on it, bet on it, yeah. bet on it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I like when bet on it when he's like loping across the, the golf course during the jack off motion. That was a pretty good, that choreography was great. Um, okay. So we were watching on Netflix some of Zac Efron's travel show. Oh, baby. How is so that? So Zac Efron, like many a Disney stars, led a rough. a rough life. And just at the top of this, I'm not belittling at all people's experiences with addiction or mental health issues. These are serious issues. And I'm not saying that this is like – it's not. A, I'm not making fun of Zac Efron for suffering these things. But, you know, you see him in, in a high school musical playing this like – he's the linchpin of this entire franchise because his experience of bafflement, self-betrayal, guilt – like he really has to inhabit – the all of the emotional fulcrum of the movie, and you, and he has like, I don't know what the Disney movie kid face that he does, like the like the like, oh. the like like I thought you meant a Disney movie called Kid Face. You never seen Kid Face? <laughs> you don't want to hear about the cast of that. Again, I've only really seen Kid Face story. three. I just jumped right into the middle. <laughs> it gets yeah, Kid Face two loses its way, but it really comes back with Kid Face three. But no, so like you know, he, I think about like you know Zac Efron making his like tortured aghast like you know like right. face of like what do i do me and like it seems like i'm not sure i'm not blaming high school musical for this but like zach efron has had a life where he's dealt with with alcoholism and substance abuse issues and it, it seems like based on this netflix series he's like latched on to this like health food guru named darren <laughs> he's like i was i was on instagram and i saw darren posting about you know like i don't know drinking durian pulp out of your butthole and i realized that like darren was my guru and, like, the show is, like, a Zac Efron who is either stoned or hungover, depending on the scene, like, wandering around France, like, looking at, like, fresh water springs and talking to priests about miracles. It's genuinely... It sounds My good. favorite part of the series is uh, Darren and Zac are in the car together, driving to France or something, and <laughs> uh, Zac decides to show Darren one of his many acting tricks which is, oh, this is um, so dark crying so he wants to show Darren that he can cry on command and he's kind of like braggadocious about it like he's like hey man want to see what I can do uh it's no big deal but like I can cry right here right now like I could cry if I wanted to and Darren's like okay like I guess let's see you cry and then Zach just looks off into the distance and kind of squints and he does the exact face that he does as Troy when Troy is sad and he conjures tears just sort of to the front of his eyes. And then he looks at Darren and he goes, see? And it's like, yeah, that's the trick that you did in High School Musical. It's a good trick. Being look a, at you doing to, it to now. To summon today. up inner pain. Like, that is his job. And, like, that's what this show, that this like, series. Like, you don't need to show off to, like, by making yourself cry. That's what actors do. That's your job. You might know this, Josh, already. But do you know the... Jean Le Patrick Stewart trick of when he needs to cry as an actor. No, please walk me through it. You don't. You don't know this. Uh, I I, f- I forget what I was watching. Some documentary. He was in it, and he thinks of 
the final episode of The Next Generation. Time Zero Part 2? No, that's not it. Fuck. I got the wrong, wrong title. Shit. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's I would brag about that. That's about like, I don't know. It's interesting that you can use, Patrick Stewart uses like a happy moment to summon tears. Well, I just imagine Zac Efron just like, I don't know. He's thinking, like, my puppy died. Or his parents screaming at him. I <laughs> that's what too. I was thinking. Like, just like the, some shitty meal he had. Just like, oh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I just it just seems like Zac Efron has not recovered yet from this experience and it's no. it's kind of a bummer cuz like again like there he just seems he's so He's frozen in time. Like he seems like he's 17 or whatever right, perpetually. He, he seems like he hasn't grown up. He seems like lost. He like again like the show was just him traipsing about places with some fucking jacked dork who like And being like truly shocked and stunned by everything that happens. Like he has a sip of water and he's like, "Whoa." that's water like it's just wild <laughs> this yeah. sounds then, great like, the, the end of i cannot stress how fucking funny this is the end of the france water episode which again like <laughs> i don't even under, like the yeah. structure of that show is similarly just a mess but the end of that episode ends with them being like you know what's kind of cool catholicism i'm not oh, joking the no. end of that episode's him being like you know what's kind of sick the catholic church i feel the faith yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, I, I may not be religious, but standing here with all these Catholics doing Catholic shit, it's pretty baller. Yeah. And it's, it's like, bro, it's what, true. what has your life been like? This is like very strange. Well, wait, Josh, have you ever stood in a Catholic place where Catholics do their Catholic shit? Yeah, I found it very okay. uh, disconcerting because <laughs> yeah. they, the whole transubstantiation or whatever thing, like the eating of the Christ, like we're, look, Jews do all kinds of weird stuff. I'm not saying we're not weird. We're weird. Yeah. But like w- when they're like, we're now going to eat the body and drink the blood of Christ and you're actually watching. Like it's like I know not everyone thinks it's I literal. mean, we do blood stuff with wine. On oh, you Passover. do? But, well, yeah. OK, but it's, we it's, don't drink it, but we we are supposed to use our finger to dot a a dot of wine for every one of the plagues to symbolize blood. Well, no, I don't think to symbolize so blood. I think it's to like yes. show that we're making a sacrifice. We're like removing that some of the sacrifice of the holiday. The main difference that you're pointing out is that it's symbolic. Yes. Where the Catholic Church literally thinks that once the priest like spits on it or whatever the magic trick is, it turns into blood that still tastes like wine. Which is a like COVID wine. nightmare, by the way. Yeah, it's everything about it's a little sus. So yeah, but you know, churches got to open in phase one. So yeah, yeah even though they're like drinking that. blood. So, covering this for work has been so funny because all the Jews were like, eh, we're not going to be opening. We're not going to be opening. No, no, no. Waiting for phase Catholics five. Are like, uh, Catholics were like, well, the line will begin at 4 a.m. And uh, mm-hmm. in between each parishioner, we'll put down a tissue. And it's like, and a pot Jesus, to put money hungry in. as fuck for Christ's blood. Don't forget about the money pot. The old money pot. Yeah. That's what I call my butt. Oh, really? So your shit dick so in the money pot. So getting back to High School Musical, um, anyway, um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about, and we touched on this earlier, when Ryan switches teams, basically, he he goes with the, with the kids from school instead of with his sister. That's what I meant. And um, he, he gets pulled in as the choreographer for their number, which when we're, when we're shown the, the piece – of him choreographing and them rehearsing the dance. It's basically they're in a small room. They're in the round. So they're all like standing in a circle, jumping up and down in a very haphazard manner. There's no order to it whatsoever. And at the end, they all seem very pleased with themselves. They're cheering. They're hugging. We did it. And then so we're like, great. uh, We're going to see, I guess, this jumping number at the end when they do it for the talent show. They fight hard to get this number in the talent show and they succeed. And the end of the movie comes around and they never show us the number. Yeah, it's so inexplicable. Yeah, it's like they maybe because we already saw it. I rewatched Speed Racer the other day. Was it in Speed Racer? Well, (laughs) I'm just saying like the thing where they... The amazing way they edited that movie where they're like, the evil guy's like, you're going to lose that race and I'm going to sue your dad. And then they like cut forward. They flash forward to all the things that are happening. So we get to see the race and see the thing, but we don't actually get to see the conclusion of it. And then it just cuts past it. So like you get a sense of this and then you never actually get to see the conclusion of it. And it's really amazing 
editing. That movie is fucking genius. And then maybe they're like, well, we already showed a really shitty version of this dance. Do we want to do another one? Or maybe they just got enough of it the first time. But it's also like, so they decide to do You Are the Music and Me as their song. I think, I can only assume that's the song that they're doing because we're not shown another song. And then Sharpay does, or not Sharpay, uh, Troy... They no Sharpay. Somebody okay, does we, like a really bad version. Sharpay does. Okay, so just we broke this down last night in the car, Allison. Okay, I'm a little. I'm Allison, a little I, I, I mean Josh. We fucking talked is about committed. this. Yeah, Josh is good, committed to good podcasting. I am also okay. now yeah, committed yeah, to yeah. good yeah. podcasting. Well, he interrupted this. me, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Remember the first time we see you are the music and me. It's Gabrielle and Troy sing it with Kelsey at the piano. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The second time we see it, Sharpay does the. Okay, now I'm gonna get it later. Yeah, Sharpay I can tell. does the really saccharine, irritating pop version of it that's it's more rock like like rocky like pop rock like ashley yeah. simpson could do it maybe yeah, yeah. Like a good ash number mm-hmm. for, for or Ashley's. sylvester Ashy. stallone or sly stallone yeah yeah the famous uh, pop chanteuse right. uh, and then uh we see it a third time back to classics right but so but actually we don't see it a third time because the third time they just play it while everyone is dancing outside so if they were going to do it a third time as the performance, they should have showed us the dance that they were going to do. Instead of doing that, they show everyone frolicking underneath the stars and they play the same version of it from the beginning, the same recording with Kelsey introducing the song. And it's the exact same recording, which makes no sense. If you're going to do a song three times in a movie, at least switch it up, give us some choreo, something. I actually thought they would finish with We're All in This Together again. I don't know why I thought that. I kind of thought that too. Uh, I think this movie had noticeably more music. And I think they did sort of come into the problem where they set so, like they set it about making a uh, a talent show where people had to rehearse. And then they showed us all the rehearsals. And then it's like, oh, well, we also have to... Sh-. like The talent show is... The genius of the first one is that the musical is the movie we watched and we don't actually need to see the musical anymore. Where this one, it's like, well, no, that like we want to see the, like they can't, sh- they just like try to tie- like have it actually go to the talent show. But then they realize, oh, all this music has been in the movie before. So how fucking boring an ending would that be? And it just imploded. And they're like, we can't pull in three more bad songs because this is already <laughs> getting quite lengthy. Well, the plot is just so threadbare that they need these like filler songs. And I'm actually I'm happy you hit on this, Charles, uh, because excuse me, I burped. I was drinking a coffee drink earlier. Pardon you. Thank you. Forgive me to my guest. Forgive me to Charles. Sorry to Zach. Sorry Please, to yes. Ashley Tisdale. It was very sweet. I got a little kiss. Um, okay, so. The brilliance of the name High School Musical is something we have not talked about yet, and it needs to be discussed because it is the most generic title for anything ever. It literally functionally describes (laughs) what the first movie is literally about. It would be as though we rewatched Inception yesterday, yikes, if they called it like uh, Loud Mind Crimes or something. Wait, you watched Inception? Yes. We did, yeah. Why? It was my idea. Um, well, we laughed a lot. We watched it because I liked it a lot when I saw it in 2010. I know. What was the mitigating circumstance there? I was 19 and extremely stoned. Isn't um, it sad? So I thought it was a great movie, but last night when we watched it, I realized that it is not a good movie. I know. It's cool. Like yeah. There's some cool shit in it, and the movie itself is maybe his worst, I think. I think Interstellar so is better than Inception. Well, I'm never watching that again. That's for for fuck's sake. Great, goddamn sure. That's so fucking long. Uh, yeah, Inception is a loud, annoying movie, and the ideas are screamed at you. And by the end, you're like, oh boy. Um, anyway, yeah, my nerves were shot. We took a walk after we watched it, and I was like jumping at everything that happened just because I was like so fried from the t- the the tremor of the tenor the tenor of the movie and the tremor that it gave me and it was not a tenor unlike zach efron who established in the last episode is a tenor and a tenor mm. uh no a bass and a tenor whatever you get the mm. idea he's but a we cooled down our, our third movie of the we, we did a, a serious man inception and we closed out the night with eat pray love which was <laughs> better than inception and <laughs> actually a, a hate crime wow i I've recommend eat pray love for like never it's seen just it. the wildest shit you don't have it's to so see fucking it. funny it's so good um, the movie ends with Julia Roberts being like, I guess I'll date Javier Bardem. <laughs> the, her main takeaway from her year of eating, praying, and loving is yeah. to save yourself. You have to save the world. And the way she saves the world is she gets her friends to give some money to a local medicine woman. In Bali. Oh, in cool. Bali. 
I mean, that works. still makes that about her somehow. Yeah. I, love the movie. I saved the world. She's like a, a well-off, attractive. Wait, you, were, you had a whole, you were talking about high school musical. I'm getting back to it. To we're it. getting, we're doing a little tinge. Okay. And it's allowed. We're leaving Charles out because he hasn't. He's going to react to what we're doing. part of these movies. Charles, you're part of our lives, whether you like it or not. Anyways, the I point like is it. that in Eat, Pray, Love, you have to love yourself before you do anything else. And it's very important to really focus on you. And if you can love yourself, you can change the whole world. I mean, isn't okay, that what so, High School Musical 2 is about? In a way. No. Um, I, I have so, to disagree okay, so with title, you, Josh, because earlier you said the okay. plot is threadbare. I disagree. I think the plot of High School Musical 2 is overwhelming. And they actually, as I said earlier, they try to tackle some very interesting ideas. And they also try to throw in 80% more music. And I think this should have been a four-hour movie. Oh, my God. To really, this is one of your wildest yeah, takes no. I've ever heard. That's no. Well, just to do what it was trying to do, like they had a story about Ryan maybe wanting to fuck Chad. Okay, the, the Ryan Chad sexual dynamic was definitely something that we picked up on. And that that whole like that dance, they had the Troy and and um, Gabriella having a problem with their relationship. They had Ryan and Sharpay having problems with their relationship. They have uh, basketball school. They have all sorts of shit. They have way too much shit. I bet if Disney had only produced the four-hour cut, we would have seen uh, Ryan and Chad uh, kiss. At least a blowjob. At least a blowjob, yeah. They don't have to kiss even. No. Makes a blowjob worse, in my opinion. Honestly, some people prefer not kissing. Yeah. Mm. Um, But anyways, okay, so the the name High School Musical is amazing in the first movie because you're totally right. We don't need to see the High School Musical. The movie is a movie about a High School Musical as an idea. So, yes, to, to take us away from that, like, weirdly comforting... Well, they're in high school, and it's a musical. Right. So Damn. then we're stuck with some, like, country club talent show is not as good a title. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet is more accurate to what's going on in this. Yeah. Yeah, they really fucked up. They, 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 just, they fucked up, and it isn't funny either. That's, like, I didn't really like the first one in, until it became funny. And I, the characters that are funny are very good and this movie is not a comedy i didn't laugh once and that's like that's all i was really i don't like the music i can't pay attention to it and i don't find the characters interesting so i was coming into it like all right this is like a a mildly funny movie and this just was fucking boring they fell into a bit of a trap where i feel like when there are funny characters like sharpay in a movie that's over the top like high school musical that's for like a Disney channel, like a very pop whatever. Um, I feel like often the tendency is to make the characters too big in the second movie. Right. Like people just sort of lose track of, they're like, oh, people liked what I was doing in the first one. Let me do that, but like more of it. But it's like, no, we liked what you were doing. We didn't like more of it. We wanted the same thing. This would be like if Harry Potter 1 went right to Harry Potter 7. Oh my gosh. It's like the whole point of Harry Potter is it's like, you don't really care what, fucking bullshit they get up to it's you like these three losers in their own loser way you like the setting you like yeah you like the magic like all the small stuff and then the the strength of the books are like the shit that happens in between classes yes the shit at breakfast that morning which obviously i understand the reality of movie making each movie would have to be like six hours long to encapsulate the detail present in the book yeah but my point is the books get bad once like five, six, right. seven, where they actually like, all right, now we got to make this they a big too much drama in. Right when the what we loved about it was the small stuff, and much like the well, first High School like, Musical, yeah, I agree. The, the common complaint about Game of Thrones, where at a certain point in the series, they're just like zipping around fucking Westeros, like I gave up. Zhu, 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 zhu. And you're like, well, most of the first fucking like four years of the show are them like walking for fucking ever. I liked that, right? Like, and that's where like all these nice, interesting things happen between characters. Where it's about characters. So by you know, the end of anything, where, yeah, like rape. Where for expediency's <laughs> sake, you so have to just, interesting. Yeah. Um. So okay. So yes, the point where I think we're all saying is that in High School Musical too, they're like, okay, people like the high school, they like the musical. Let's get rid of both the high school and the musical and see what we have left. And what they have left is a weirdly grim class struggle that is mostly about, like, the waking nightmare of capitalism and the oligarchy of Bush-era America. But it, literally a, a class struggle that makes no sense because, for the most part, it seems like everyone actually is the same class. Right. I agree. I never felt like you never get a sense in the first one that class is an issue. So suddenly to have this be a part of it now and everyone seemed very much on the same page and everyone lives in giant houses that you go and see... To suddenly have it be like, oh, my God, I can afford my first car. And even though daddy's probably just giving you his three-year-old Beamer, 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Trick gets that dink-ass truck, the fuck wagon. Oh, my God. He gets the fuck wagon I don't call it that in dad. the movie. I'm just – if I had the truck, I'd probably call it the fuck wagon. No. I, I pirated mine, he so I – it the clunker. <laughs> yeah, it's – it's. I think <laughs> the, the also the scene where they're like, you got to make this scary – the the like when she talks to the bald cuck Sharpe, and she's like they're now all in your world you gotta fucking make them hate their job so they quit and he's just like you just gotta do your job and they're like what i just have to do my job and he's like yeah, yes it, oh my god that scene was mind-boggling to me like you were hired to do a job why is it so wild that you would be asked to actually do the job so just like the wooden fridge this is like what rich executives are like how oh, what would be scary and it's like oh if i had to like do a job oh that sounds awful <laughs> well, and then it would be even better like because this is like d- derived entirely by white rich like absolute assholes the kids are like making like elaborate french omelets and shit like in like the mess hall when he goes <laughs> yeah. around to get his food he gets like like a poached egg and like a f- carefully folded french omelet and like a fucking like a, a it's, it's just like cinnamon the, bun cinnamon bun or croissant they can't even like imagine like anyone not eating like the bullshit that they stuff down their faces at the exact same country clubs they go to, you know, it just sucks ass. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, but for verisimilitude, a baker doesn't necessarily know how to fry. Okay. So this bake basketball boy who gets put in charge of the kitchen and he like fucking name on it. It's Zeke. Zeke. Right. Uh, he's suddenly like, he can just do anything. And I find that unbelievable that he can bake, play basketball. And also like, be the head chef at a restaurant. He's not the head chef. He is assisting the head chef. Well, also, I want to point out that this movie came they out. They say that. They show us the head chef. He oh, looks you like do? A loon. Okay. Yes. For some reason, I just thought there were this kids running not, around. It's not that far into the right? YouTube era. So, like, while Zeke maybe could be an autodidact using, like, the magic of YouTube. He could have learned some stuff. Oh, okay. Because, right, like, honestly, making a croissant mm-hmm. is remarkably difficult. It's like, oh, my hard. God. Like, laminating dough. So like, much butter. Right, exactly. So, like, you know. Cold butter. Well, right. The lamination process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that episode of the Great British Bake Off. Mm-mm. I think, in a way, we all have Charles. lamination. <laughs> I mean, only if you've Sulky seen it. I'm in it. <laughs> but like the fact that also this like it makes sense that there are high schoolers running around in high school. But then when something the country club is, I mean, maybe I've never worked in a country club, but literally to be like no adults and it's just high schoolers running around a new setting. It just and putting them in silly. charge of everything. Yeah, like, yeah they're like, run this entire country club and in fucking like, 16 year And then they're like, but why did you mess it up? You're supposed to do it good. And they're like, yeah, they're, they're like 16. That's yeah. why they messed it up. Um, also, I feel that it would be remiss of us not to mention the very, very racist number, Huma Numa Numa Numa. Oh, yeah. Uh, you did swing at that, which I'm impressed at. Hua. Okay, maybe just quit while we're ahead here. But so Sharpay and Ryan did that last bad. one with the with the yes. Spanish intro. Will it ever yes, stop? and I would argue this one is even oh way, Oh, my God. Oh, this, is, uh, this was this is nigh unwatchable. Yeah. It's really bad. Right. I like, skipped it. I guess the... That's good. That's you didn't miss much. I guess the idea that's somewhat bold is that like rich white dicks are appropriative and comically like cartoonish in their colonial racism, which I I suppose I think they're just playing it for laughs. Yeah, (laughs) which is like in a way more ghoulish. Yeah, (laughs) I don't. I think you're giving that weight. Indigenous Hawaiian culture is funny. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I just I watching this movie, I keep thinking about like if like the Brits had made high school musical too, like the rich kids would be like kicking them in the teeth and like humiliating them. Like I I would love to see a culture with like a really powerful class obsession, like tackle similar material where like at the end Troy get like shot or something, or like I don't know. There's like the like the British You wanna see Lemez. Right. Like it's annoying because in a typical Disney fashion, they bring up this theme that's actually compelling and interesting and then like manage to resolve it in the most mild banal who way who would possible. you rather have directed this uh great question My- mike lee <laughs> mike lee i think i want to see the lynn ramsey high school musical too we can dream yeah allison what director would you want to see who's the guy who directed the fir- uh the uh, chris chris columbus mm. oh you just want you want to go back to the the early potter stuff yeah, I want to see some like some grand magic 
happen. I'm sorry. So your version of it, is they're do it's magic. High school magic, magic high school musical. Oh my god! So, this okay, sounds so, great. Sorry, we have to catch up to this idea. Your sequel is they can do magic. That would make it better than what we saw. I, would can, it I not? cannot argue with that. I cannot when, argue with that. When Troy used those pipes of his and Gabriella busts out those lungs, to me that was a form of magic. That's well, you know, true. you know who, what, what pipe wasn't busting in this movie. Okay. Uh, Chad's? Ryan's. Troy's. Or, well, a lot of nobody's pipes nobody's pipes. Nobody. Josh. If you told me Ryan's pipe busted along the way, um, I'd be like, <laughs> Ryan's vibes like he may have had that pipe bust on old Chad or something. So um, I got to talk about Gabrielle is like genuine. Well, let's save Chad for a minute. Gabrielle is like genuine disinterest in Troy. I think is amazing in this movie. We're like their relationship as depicted seems like a nightmare. Yeah, and it's it's great. I really wish she had never come back. Or the ending well, sucks. It's like she didn't. But like she leaves and she's like, you know what? Do your thing. I'm fine. I'm going to go right. do my life because this to, sucks. To to help us continue to have like any sort of attachment to their relationship, they would have needed to build it in the second movie. Where mm. the first movie is just building their relationship um, with the, the push and pull of like, are they going to sing? Are they not? And they're having like parallel experiences with basketball and Smarty Pants Club. And in the second movie, we don't see their relationship pretty much at all, except for him kind of messing up. So like, we just don't really care whether or not they get back together. Right. In fact, you don't want them to. No, you sort of don't. You kind of want him to experiment with Sharpay a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, right. like, Sharpay is bringing genuine, like, lust and passion and interest in Troy. And Gabrielle's like, you got me a necklace. Thank you. So they do set it up that her main interest is just having him because she just, like, wants that Seems lifestyle. Because she's, like, cool. He's cool and she's cool. Right. And together they can be the alphas of the school. So that's why I. I I do think Sharpay's character is the best in this movie because she, while she's given not very, her motives initially are pretty boring, that she just like wants to have a cool boyfriend. I think she like, she learns, she gives her trophy to her brother. She relinquishes a lot of things and she sort of does start to appreciate Troy as a person rather than just this idea of a cool boyfriend. Mm. Does she? I mean, I feel like she doesn't really... Yeah, a little bit. I feel like the biggest change that comes with her is that she sees all her friends doing something or all her schoolmates doing something without her and she feels left out and she realizes that she isolated herself. Yeah. That's well, an look, important We're going to disappoint the show. I mean, Sharpay is my MVP. Are we doing this already? We're already... We're doing we're, it? Yeah. We're like 50 minutes in. I think okay. we can... I don't think it's too soon to say. I mean, Sharpay carries this movie. She really does. Well, that's only because she's the only one who's been given any plot points. Well, I know, but I'm saying the the, the weight falls on her, and I believe her. I believe she carries it. I think Ashley okay. Tisdale carries that weight. I, no, I, I, I wish I that think... they'd given her more compelling plot points, but I admire that. Like, I think she gives a very vivacious performance, and I I, I thought her energy was the most interesting. I, I have a lot to choose from. First of all, I I know she's very small part in the movie, but when Mama slam dunks that basketball into the sink. I mean, I was me like MVP, MVP. That was incredible. Well, that, that's your niche sexual fetish, as I recall. Yeah, it's either large uh, women picking me up or milfs slam dunking basketballs into the kitchen. I mean, yeah. she's literally MVP there because of the basketball trick. Yeah, right. She's the only one that scores a point. This this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Troy, who is pretty bad at basketball at his best, is even worse in this movie. But he's ripped. They made us yeah, aware say- that he was ripped. That's why it's weird that they made all the girls wear tankinis with soggy bottoms and they <laughs> let him like show off his like washboard abs. That's yeah. weird. Because I, I find him like uh, offensively ripped in Baywatch. Like it's, it, it looks like a werewolf. Like he's about to like pop out of his own skin, <laughs> you know? But like yeah. it's crazy to go back to 2007 and right. the, the dude was like comically jacked in People high school. are always saying like, oh my God, Zac Efron is like, I've seen all these weird memes being like, He's he's aged with me, and like they show like a picture of High School Musical to like his new version of himself. He's like, I think he's always been the same like ripped dummy, right? 
I mean, for yeah. sure, he, he literally emotionally is very much in the same place. People were like, oh, Zac Efron's dad bod or something in 2020. And it's like, Mm-mm. the man is remarkably muscular. Yeah. Like, for someone who probably spends his nights drinking right. and his days sleeping, he is very, very ripped. Well, and also, we're talking about how, like, how strange Leonardo DiCaprio's body has, like, evolved over time, which uh-huh. is, like, so fascinating. Yeah. They both have, like, kid face still, but, like, Leo's body is, like, this very strange entity where Wait. no one's like, mm, I want to see Leo's shirt off. He's just, like, a strange he's such a weird guy it's did you just mention Leo. the we'll disney original kid face again no he's got like a just like he reminds me like you know no he said he has a clit face a his clit face, face looks like a clit okay he's cool. got a big old clit face Yum. you all know what i'm talking about <laughs> oh we sure do josh um okay so but, you, you did mention chad earlier and I right know so we're in this conversation I'm, I'm going through my end but this movie was boring and I, I just so my mvp <laughs> that's all that sort of like got me through it because i went from like Oh, mom, she's great. And then she never came back. So I'm like, all right, she can't be the MVP. I briefly thought to bring Zac Efron's abdominal muscles into the MVP <laughs> tournament. But then he put his shirt back on and once again, not mm. back in the movie. So very brief. I don't think it earned, neither of those performances earned their place. If I was going to re-edit it, I would get in one long, slow tracking shot just right yeah. up that bottom. And maybe the abs are talking. Yeah. yeah. They're oh, like, my God. Hello. So this is in your magic one. Let me oil those up. This is in magic musical. Abs talk. Mm -hmm. I'm Harry, and I know the spell to make my abdominal muscles talk. It's (laughs) abnomino linguando. Yeah, so just to be clear, (laughs) Allison's remake is far more sexual and magical. Yeah. Um, And then Hermione has a spell that... Um, never mind. Fuck that. That's stupid. I'm good. Fuck. Fucking committed myself. You're fine. You're fine. I committed myself. Please continue going through every character in the movie at a snail's pace. So Chad. Okay. I love Chad. Chad was my MVP last episode. And I was like, I want more of that Chad. Chad sucks this movie. Chad sucks. He's boring. He's everything. Like, if you read all the letterboxd reviews from strangers about this movie, they're all like, oh my God, it's the Empire... Everyone said every other review is the Empire Strikes Back of High School Musical, which is like bullshit. People are just like, it's just like they're repeating other people saying the same thing. It doesn't make it true. Well, to be fair, both movies open with a massive battle on a frozen ice planet. Uh, oh, that's right. So they're, they're, I understand that parallel. And of course, we haven't mentioned when uh, when uh, Troy's hand is cut off by. Uh, okay, and then Yoda does right. show up in this and he teaches him a valuable yeah. lesson about fathers. So, but those oh, wow. things aside, those things um, aside. So, I, but the other, every other review that isn't <laughs> that mentioning really Empire Strikes Back is talking about the gay dance scene on the baseball field. And it's like, yeah, that would have been cool if he's the by movie. Himself. How is that gay? Sorry. It is some of the gayest baseball I've seen. Well, no, he's like Chad. Oh, oh the baseball scene. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was so oh, gay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Not the sure. baseball scene I... in Empire Strikes Back. The baseball scene in High School Musical. <laughs> oh, yeah, one of the best No, I thought moments. you were talking about his solo dance well, we, song. we were talking about um, me and Allie once watched. Chad, you're talking about Chad. Got it. We I'm once watched Chad Half of Twilight before falling asleep. And I thought that the baseball scene in Twilight was like one of the most perverse, like horrible things to happen to baseball ever. But no, this was. Uh, just because the baseball scene in High School Musical is gay doesn't make it perverse oh lord i've walked into something here i want to apologize to everyone listening i'm saying it is a very bizarre i am a little bit gay so it's okay (laughs) to say never mind allison does have a tank top that says how dare you assume i'm straight i'm wearing it right now actually oh my god whoa this is great how dare you assume i'm straight the hug me sweater to the shirt wow you guys the thing with Allison, there's always another shoe that's gonna drop i'm like an onion i've got layers oh my god um I really yeah. wanted more between Chad and Ryan. I thought, like, if you're going to bring us two pretty, like, at this point, explicitly gay characters dancing around each other, their relationship doesn't do anything. That's the extent of it. That one scene, and everyone's like, wow, this is like a, a uh, an L, this is like such a huge thing to have this, like, gay tension between characters like if you don't fulfill that promise then it's nothing it's zero i remember that happening in real time and people being like wow so subversive for disney and it's like no if they open mouth kiss maybe but they did not hold on hold on for a minute we live in a world where in the beauty and the beast remake okay no disney shares this beautiful moment which i blinked and missed of homosexuality where josh gad briefly dances with the character who is put into drag earlier in the film by the chest of drawers. And that was to me, 
Let me tell you what's happening <laughs> here. This is Jones. somebody taking a piece of bread. They go, ooh, with the bread. And crumbs fall everywhere. And then all the scavengers are like, mmm, crumbs. It's good enough for me. It's like a cake. And my, my point is that they don't even need to kiss. They don't even need to... They they need to the filmmakers need to explicitly be doing something with this relationship rather than just have a dance number that you can interpret whatever way you want. So Chad's yeah. out. It's, it's 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 quite cowardly. Okay, it's, so it's no also, Chad, no Chad. But additionally, they reduce Chad into like one of the worst roles in these movies of the best friend who only right. dispenses moralizing. Oh, where it's like God. in the first movie, Chad has to confront his own prejudices and overcome his own. Like confusion about identity, and this movie just like fucking like he's mags sad at because Troy. he's not. Yeah, sucks. it's it not sucks. So we well, anything it? fun about Chad is gone. Yeah, like I don't. I hate capitalism, but like Troy, I think is making some good life choices, having like being a part of a capitalist <laughs> structure. So everyone being on his dick all the time about like. Well, oh, I think the way play. that he treats Chad in that one scene where he's like, "You forgot the cheese on my burger," like that's pretty <laughs> crappy behavior for a friend, right? And they're yes, not and great. The, the racial coding of that moment is not lost on no, me in twenty twenty. Um, there are lots of weird racist moments. Yeah, in the movie. but I'm kind of with you because, like, Allison, I think you touched on this in a way that was very sensitive earlier about how, like, or no, sorry, with Charles, I confuse you two all the time. To be that's honest, that's fine. I Someone love was that. talking about. Someone was talking about how, like, you know, this movie does tackle some issues that high schoolers do deal with. Like, what does it mean to grow and change, X, Y, and Z. I think you said that, babe. Yeah, I'm pretty smart like that. doesn't sound like I would say, doesn't it? Um, Okay, so, like, in this movie, they're, like, basically, like, how fucking dare you change, Troy? I don't recognize the Troy you were. And, like, the dude is, like, 16 in this movie. And, like, you probably should be changing at that point in your life like so that message of like i think it was very confusing to mix up like weird half-assed class solidarity observations and being like a good friend and being like respectful and loyal with don't ever change motherfucker or we're gonna ice you so like i thought that that really that it just seemed very reactionary by the end of the movie where i kind of agreed with you charles as like a sold out 30 year old it's like no, like make some connections, dude. Like you're yes. you're, you're in high school. This is all you're going to forget all of this. this all the coke suck. and the pills and the booze, the uppers, the downers, the random sex with strangers. But I think the point is that he didn't communicate well, right? Like, and that's if fine. If he had just told people what was going on, it probably none of this movie needed to happen. But I don't think that's true. I think they make such a huge point of him changing as the problem. It's like it's always like, why aren't you there? With it's like they're not saying like, oh, I wish you had. You know, we can figure out another time to play basketball together. It's like, dude, you're changing. You're not acknowledging us as your friends anymore. And it's like, that's true. But they're also not saying, go fly, my Troy. Be the person you want to be, like the whole fucking point of the first movie was. But also, like, let's let's look at the fact that Troy is handed all of these things on a silver platter. Most of the B characters in this movie are people of color. Like, a lot of them are. And... uh they're being painted as like working class people, which I don't think they actually are. But there is this sort of weird power dynamic where like if they had dug into that a little bit, like Troy, you're being handed all these things. Right. You know, Disney Channel would be like, you're a cis straight white dude. Yeah, we get it. Right. And, and whatever. Like that's an interesting story if they're like, hey, like, you know. Let's talk about this, but yeah. If, no. if Troy ends up endorsing reparations and Medicare for all by the end of the movie, now that's a that's a flick. That's Bernie a finish. Rather yeah, than a just right a there. slow fade out. The ending of this movie oh, is God. bonkers. It it's like it sucks. They're all in the pool and just like hmm. It's like when a '70s song made for the radio just loops and fades. It's like they don't have a way to conclude this. Well, also look, I I don't want to be the bad guy here, but let's say you did order Swiss on your burger, and they forgot Get it. Get out. I'm just saying. Um, I have something very depressing to say before I reveal my very secret MVP. Oh, it's Troy. There's a four-star letterboxed review by Isabel uh, that says this movie invented LGBT culture. Oh, no. Isabel, report to jail. Isabel, I'll see you in my office later. Isabel, you're in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) That's a sad thing you've said. This is the shit that's like people like this movie for the wrong reasons. They... It sucks. Um, Ryan gets my MVP. I think he's uh, not only just adore. I love his energy. He's friends with everybody. He's inclusive. He's loving. He is not. He doesn't have any ulterior motives other than to be respected and loved. And he's still the funniest person in the movie. He's got the best hats. 
Um, and he chooses not to sing the racist Hawaiian song. So after singing the racist Hawaiian song, and yes. never yeah. says that that's why he's yeah. Yes. Anyway. Okay. So Charles, we've you've spent the requisite twenty minutes on your MVP Thank pick. You. So Allison, uh, let's uh, start to close out the episode. Your thoughts? Who was the MVP of High School Musical two? Well, I haven't given this much thought, so uh, let me talk until I figure this out. That's um, all we do, so. Yeah. Well, let's well, see. Yeah. Uh, we've got some – we don't have any good contenders, uh, unfortunately. Well, hold on. Do you want to go through each character and talk about them individually? I'm not okay. It's a pretty that. good idea. I thought about the basketball. I'm sorry. Uh, the pool. Chad's basketball? So. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens' bathing suit. Inanimate objects are the you know, recurring theme I thought theme about here. all these things. Um, oh, let's wait. see. Uh, How about the landscape of New Mexico? You know, yeah, it could be the landscape the land of, enchantment, of New Mexico. Josh. It's, um, it's beautiful there. I love it there. Yeah. You know, let's just – I'm going to just go out on a wing and I'm going to say <laughs> – sure. uh, my 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 MVP is Kelsey because she looked thoroughly over it the whole movie, and she that's sure. how I felt. Actually, if anyone's carrying a banner for LGBT culture in uh, yeah. this movie, bring Kelsey's Kelsey outfits. out of the closet, yes. please. And also, I love her just rolling her eyes the whole movie. She has like two lines. So, right. Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey, Kelsey seems like a tortured soul, so let's give her a little bit of love there. Well, um, everyone, we're, we're, we've done such an incisive analysis of High School Musical 2, the beloved 2007 hit that we all uh, uniformly did not like. Um, what is the vibe in the room? Are we asking when will it end? Now, Allison, you are disqualified from this segment of the podcast because you have seen what? High School Musical 3. I got oh, okay. to say no. it the first time, though. No, no, no. Josh, we've seen movies in the series before like you've watched okay, all the harold and kumar movies okay hold on if, yeah if you're not going to join me to team that's not bad harold's actually very respectable <laughs> um if you're not going to join me in teaming up to silence the one woman to ever appear in our podcast charles i what's won't the, be silent what's solidarity of, forever what's the point of being a man together i mean i do remember one of the recent times where allison and you and i hung out she did give me uh the opportunity to speak for all women i believe that was like a year ago, but I stand by it. I mean, we haven't You're seen each other that? in a Jesus year Christ. because of this. We've seen each bullshit. other in six, seven. I'm saying, oh, if we, we saw each back, other a few months ago. Yeah, you guys forgetting this? We hung out not long ago. It was like a month ago. I'm saying, like, last, I think it's the third time I've seen you. Okay, yeah. okay, yes, fine. Yeah. Allison can share her thoughts. Allison, yeah. let's start with you. Then, are you asking when will it end? At this point in the series, do you want to see a third one? At this point of the series, if I hadn't ever seen the third one before, I would say. Uh, yes, I'm asking. When will it end? <gasps> I want out. Please get me out. out of this hellscape. Please. Wow. Nice. That's what I'm saying if I hadn't seen the third one. Well, you know, Charles, I've asked her to be my wife and we see eye to eye on many things in life. Uh, you know. In fact, I, I asked when will it end when I first saw the second one. I hated wow, it so, so much changed. the first time. No. So in this, we are, um, as in our hearts entwined forever in the vision of God, we are one. They um, just I kissed. honestly... <laughs> Again, you know, I'm living with someone who has been, I'll, I'll say this, uh, hyping up the third one quite a bit. <laughs> She's been doing the Arsenio hoo-hoo-hoo for some reason about it. But, um, yes, uh, in a vacuum, had I just seen this not knowing what the third – like, this was bad. This right. did not advance anything that I cared about and made a movie that I found uh, pleasant enough uh, quite a drag. So, yeah, I'm asking on World End. This is very weird, but I am not. <gasps> Tell There's, us more. I this is we've seen some phase two duds in the past, and I still really like these characters. And I think that where the movie fell apart was in its bizarre choices to make this not in high school and have all the plot points fall apart. Where I still want to see Sharpay. And Ryan and this balloon man that's now appeared on my screen. Two balloon creatures. Wow, that's very cute. Um, I, I am still I'm involved and I'm I think I'm hoping it goes back to high school. And then I'm hoping that I get another it's one. Better. So that's what I'm saying. I'm I am I this is like a shitty lull that I'm hoping will explode into something that's perfect again. In terms Let's of these get movies. Those, those pipes busted. Again. I think that's really nice and positive of you, and it's nice to end on like a good note. Right. <laughs> like weird glasses people. This is awful. Yeah. <laughs> 
because it's the high school musical team. I haven't seen your face the entire. Your the way the camera's been, you've been out of frame the entire time, and now this is what I'm seeing. Disgusting. Oh, I got it. (laughs) I got the. Well, we're all wearing glasses. We look like minions. We look like uh, minions. Yeah, wearing wearing those like fork uh, fake porn glasses. Okay, so. Let's close out the episode by we'll all sing uh, we're all in this together again. I think that worked pretty well. Five, six, five, six. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Do you think this is where the recent trend in businesses using we're in this together is coming from? Is like a throwback yeah, to high yeah. school well, musical? I think it's we a big just, throwback. We've been talking about Yeah, because the McDonald's firehouse, I don't really know why. I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to the news for the last three months. But What for, are we in together about? Yeah, for some reason, the local McDonald's is doing like, I guess like a, maybe a promotion. Uh, Solidarity forever. Mm-hmm. Solidarity Wait, with McDonald's? Yeah. No, no, no. They're suggesting that we all have solidarity with each other, yeah. which is beautiful, but we don't know why. And not for a specific purpose. It's just nice to feel together. And isn't that nice? I'm in. speaking really quiet now well now i'm talking quietly now i'm talking loudly now i'm talking loudly and now i'm talking quietly you you're also i can only see it's okay um josh's right shoulder and oh my god you're a free madonna you can see more than my right shoulder now i can show him you just show him no no there we go show him you Allison's got to talk into the thing, so. Hello, Yom Kippur. All right. <laughs> Charles, you ready to go? Oh, yeah. I am recording. Us too. Okay. Five, four, three, three two, two, one. one.